Welcome to the Lost Sierra Stories podcast, produced by the Sierra Institute for Community and Environment. My name is Nina Martin, the Communications Coordinator at Sierra Institute, and your host for this podcast. We wanted to start this podcast to capture stories about the resiliency and challenges facing people in our rural area during COVID-19, both to capture this time in history and to keep us connected as a community. Today we release our eighth and final episode of the first season of the Lost Sierra Stories podcast. In this episode, we hear from two different students who share their perspectives and stories on their time in quarantine and virtual learning at the end of the 2019 school year. We begin the episode by hearing from B, who was an eighth grade student last spring and is now going into the ninth grade this fall of 2020. We finish the episode by hearing from Conrad, a recent graduate from Quincy Junior Senior High. B shares the struggle of sitting down in front of a screen and the discipline it requires to learn and work virtually. Conrad shares his story of true resiliency as he was first displaced by the campfire in 2018 only to move to Quincy and then be hit by a pandemic his senior year of high school. Conrad and B both present a lot of optimism despite the challenges and obstacles they have faced and it's clear both students are just doing the absolute best they can under their circumstances. We know that school is due to start at the end of August, and now with serious wildfires in Plumas and Lassen counties, as well as throughout California and the West, combined with the pandemic, students and teachers are faced with incredible obstacles and challenges to education. The Sierra Institute extends our sympathy and utmost respect for the hard work and dedication of educators and students as they navigate this difficult and complicated time. Thanks for tuning in to the Lost Sierra Stories podcast, and be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. So how was doing online school for you, B? I really, like, I would really, really struggle to, like, actually just sit down and do it. There was a point where I hadn't done so much of it that I had to pull an all-nighter to try to get all of it done, and I still didn't even get, like, most of it done. It was always just kind of looming over my head, (laughs) because, like, I wouldn't do the work, and so it would pile up and pile up and pile up, and there would be so much that I had to do, and I'm still behind in a lot of my classes. Like, I passed the eighth grade, but I will probably have to take pre-algebra again next year because I did so little of it. And it was super, like, stressful. Like, I would do anything, and I just felt like I couldn't, like, like, I felt really stuck, but I also, like, really struggled to focus and do it. And a lot of people in my life were like, just sit down and do it. (laughs) And it wasn't that easy for me. Is there anything that could have made that easier at home or remotely or virtually? Or do you feel like the answer to that really for you personally is just being in the classroom? My teachers were pretty accessible and they were always kind of like willing to like talk about it. But one thing that I really didn't like was Zoom. Like I just didn't like I was very much not wanting to go to them. I went to one. I definitely should have just been doing my work from the start, and it, it it's absolutely my fault that most of my work didn't get done. Like, I should have just sat down and done it. And I understood that, but I wish that I had, like, actually just, like, done the work at first. Because at first I thought that we would be done with the quarantine in, like, a month. I think that everyone did. And then, like, it was way longer, <laughs> and I didn't expect it to be. So there was a ton of work piled up that I wasn't expecting, and that scared me. So I didn't do the other stuff either, so it was just a whole massive pile of stuff that I needed to do that I was scared to try. Right. Yeah, I can understand that. Just the anxiety around 
how much work something is going to be can really kind of stall us from starting. I, you know, I can relate to that in different scenarios. So yeah, I can understand that. I guess kind of pivoting away from that and just broader looking at COVID-19, what are your thoughts on the virus and the pandemic, you know, as a young person and living in Quincy and just this overall, just the state of the world, I guess, what are your thoughts on what's going on and, and how has it impacted you personally as well as academically? It was scary for me because my mom works at the hospital and she is also at risk. And so she had a lot of risks to the point where if she got it, it probably would have killed her. And so that was really scary (laughs) for the whole thing. Like I was always scared every time she would go to work that she would like get it while she was there and then she'd like die. And like we had to set up plans for where I would go if she did pass away, which was scary. Terrifying. That's awful. And it And I mean, just to think that, like, to have to have those conversations, I can't even imagine. And then you're trying to pay attention and do schoolwork, and you're worried about the potential health and wellness and life of your mom. I mean, gosh, I'm glad that she's okay. I mean, how are you feeling about it now? Um, It feels better now because I know that like she like I know that she takes all the precautions that she needs to. She still works at the hospital, but she doesn't do um, the same thing that she used to. Like she moved up in jobs. And so I know that she's not like as like hands on with it as she used to be. Gosh, well, I'm so glad to hear that you feel like your mom is a little bit safer now and you don't have this, you know, the same levels of anxiety around it and that she's taking care of herself. So what are your thoughts on your other peers and how they're handling coronavirus and their thoughts around the virus and just kind of how they're navigating their lives around the pandemic? There's definitely a spectrum. Like I know I know people who like like never wore their mask in a store or anything. And that kind of bothered me. Like I knew a lot of people who like thought that it was dumb and wasn't real and it really bothered me because I was super scared for my mom and I was like you're putting other people at risk for it. And that was really scary. But I also like know a lot of friends who because of the quarantine like a lot of stuff happened in their family. Like I know somebody who had to move out of their house and move into somebody else's house because the home life was just so toxic there and like they couldn't do it for the quarantine. Gosh, yeah, that's so hard just to feel stuck in a bad situation for whatever reason, just to not be able to, you know, make it work at home. And then, of course, as you said, on the flip side, there's people who, you know, whether they're young people or older people who just you know, just don't, aren't taking, you know, COVID seriously, or it's just not impacting them. And so they're not really recognizing the the seriousness or the situation. So, right, there's just this huge scope of, of um, experiences around it. For you, what do you feel like you've learned about yourself? If anything, do you feel like you've changed at all from this? Yeah, I think that I'm definitely a different person than I was <laughs> before it started. Like, I think that I've changed a lot. I think it's really better. Like, I think that I'm more aware of the people around me now. And I think more about how other people are feeling. I also do more mental health check-ins than I used to where I'm like, okay, how am I actually feeling about this? And like, is this certain relationship or is this certain thing that I've been doing actually benefiting me? That's awesome. That's super mature of you. I wish everyone did that. It's a good lifelong skill to have to just kind of check in with yourself. Thank you so much for your insights. You're definitely, you're so smart and I really appreciate it. So you did just graduate. No, I graduate on Friday. Okay. So what is that going to look like? It's going to look like a uh, drive-through kind of graduation where we're having at the fairgrounds, the racetrack and the, uh, the cars. It's like a drive-through. It's kind of like you pull up, you get out of your car, and then you walk up the stage and get your diploma. 
Oh, that's cool. Okay. So then where are the, the parents, the spectators, they have to stay in their cars, but like on the track or. Yeah. So there's a middle, middle field, like a grassy area and each graduate gets two cars, one, the car they're in and the other car is their family car that they can spectate in, in the middle field. And so in my car, I can have my parents and then out on the field, my grandparents and all my other family. Gotcha. Okay. That's pretty interesting. What is your kind of emotional state around this being a senior and graduating under these circumstances? How has that been for you? It's nothing new because my junior year was interrupted by the campfire in paradise. And so I already know. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I already know what it's like to get your school year interrupted in the middle of the year and like have to do on online school for a few months. Okay, wait, let's get this straight. You went from being in junior in paradise, experiencing the campfire, getting completely displaced, coming up to Quincy, and then experiencing COVID-19 and a pandemic. Yeah. Wow. That is crazy. That's awful. I'm so sorry. I mean, what I just like, what are the odds? I guess, I guess anybody who lived in paradise is in a similar experience that the last two years they experienced a devastating fire and now a pandemic. So man, it sounds like you're taking it in strides, but well, tell me a little bit about, I mean, gosh, and the campfire was so devastating and tragic and scary. So I don't, I mean, you can share what you want. You don't have to tell me anything if you don't want to, but I would love to hear about that for you, that experience of the fire and then school. I don't know. It was, it was kind of like all, so fast that it didn't really traumatize me but at the same time it did kind of traumatize me it yeah it, it was a gnarly experience to like have to leave your town not go back the day that you had to evacuate were you and your mom together in the house or what did that kind of look like as far as or were you elsewhere I was getting ready for school and my mom was still asleep and if it wasn't for her friend who like called her and was like there's a big fire over the hill you should probably pack your stuff up right now then it, it wouldn't have been as like it wouldn't be like it'd be pretty bad but I still went to school and like as I was walking to school like you could see ash falling and right as I got to school they said go home and evacuate so that's when we went home and left wow that must have been that is just so surreal I can't even speak because obviously I have no idea, but just seemingly like apocalyptic and to leave your home behind. And that just must have been so scary. So you guys came up to Quincy. How is that transition? I guess. Did you, did you come up to Quincy immediately? Do you have family or friends up here? I've been coming to Quincy like my whole life since I was little. And so I, I've like grown a pretty big friend group up here the last few years. And so it wasn't as hard as going to Paradise because I used to live in Truckee. And so like going to Paradise, it was all new people. But coming to Quincy, I already knew half the kids here. <laughs> gotcha. So because that's just in itself, even without a devastating fire and a pandemic, just the moving, right, can be disruptive for education. So you've faced a lot when it comes to just trying to get schooling done. So I'm, you know, congratulations on finishing and being able to graduate on Friday. That's really exciting. After you've gone through all of this, do you have any perspectives on anything that you've learned or any advice for anyone else or just, I don't know, what are your thoughts on where you're at and, you know, what it's taken to kind of get through this and where you feel like you're headed? Do you have any kind of perspectives on that yet? Don't like dread on it for long. It will get better. That's what I that's what I think. Even though we aren't graduating normally how other classes have before and we're not getting half of our senior year. Or I don't I don't think people should hold on to that. I think they should just move on from it because it's it's just school. <laughs> it's not that big of a deal. 
Yeah, I th I mean, I really appreciate that point of view. It sounds like you're going to do well in life because you're going to be able to go with the flow. And that's a super important adult lesson. I was not that kid in high school. I probably would have been devastated. <laughs> so I'm glad that you're able to just look on the bright side. You know, you're alive, you're healthy, you're you're done with school, you're graduating still, and you know, the world is still open for you. And I know it's you're going into like a really uncertain time, but hopefully you're able to navigate it okay. And it sounds like with that kind of attitude is like, well, do the best you can, right? I mean, not everybody's like that. I know it's taken me a really long time to even get to a point where I'm a little bit like that. So <laughs> that's very mature of you. <laughs> and I think that's that's pretty awesome. But thank you so much for letting me interview you and sharing some perspectives. I appreciate it. And I hope you have so much fun at graduation on Friday. The Sierra Institute for Community and Environment is a nonprofit located in Taylorsville, California, in the eastern Sierras of Plumas County. The Sierra Institute for Community and Environment's mission is to promote healthy and sustainable forests and watersheds by investing in the well-being of rural communities and strengthening their participation in natural resource decision-making and programs. If you have a story to share, please contact us by emailing me, Nina Martine, at admin, A-D-M-I-N, at sierrainstitute.us, or calling 530-927-9621.